are listening to New Life The Fort. We believe your vision will be expanded and your heart enlarged. If you are blessed by this message, write to info at newlifethefort.com. 2 Corinthians verse 5, 17 to 18, and this is our scripture that we were talking about last week as well. It says, therefore, if anyone, say that's me, if anyone is in Christ, he is, he is, he is a new creation. And when we say that anyone who is in Christ right now, today is a new creation. You don't have yesterday and you don't have tomorrow. The only day that you have is today. And you are a new creation in Christ. A new creation cannot happen apart from Christ. He is the one that causes that transformation to happen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, say now, now all things are of God. Now all things are of God. I'm going to read to you another translation, more like a paraphrase. It's the TMP. People are like, what's that? It's not going to be up there. Just listen. But the TMP is the Mitch paraphrase. So this is my paraphrase of what we just read. It says, therefore... If anyone is fixed and founded in Christ, he is a fresh, never-before-seen creature who has been changed completely from its very core. The very essence of this new creation is different from what it was before. What and who it was before has ceased to exist forever. Some of you, what? When it says all things have passed away, old things have passed away, it means that everything is dead. And when something is dead, it cannot come back to life. It ceases to exist forever. So whatever and whoever it was before has ceased to exist. See, understand, and know for yourself that all things, everything about him or her has become Fresh, uncommon, unused, and never before seen. Now, presently, at this moment, and forever, all things originate from God. All things originate from God. God is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the initiator of everything we believe. Because before we even believed anything, he had to show up. So we had someone to believe in. And when we believed, we were changed. We were changed from the inside out. Now, how many of you have had the experience where people have said, you know, you're different. You've changed. But they can't put their finger on it. They know there's something different about you. You look the same, though. But the way you do things, your attitude... The way you speak, they realize you're not the same person. Now, you may have some people also that will say, well, I know you. I've known you since you were in, in, in school. I've, I've known you when we were in a barcada. This is how you are. This is how you're always going to be. You can say, oh, no, no, no. That's not me anymore. 
I have been made brand new. Now, how many of you miss it? Sometimes you sin. Sometimes you make a mistake. Yes? Well, that doesn't stop you from being a new creation. You just need to remind yourself about who you are because your behavior will follow. Your behavior does not dictate who you are. It just simply shows off sometimes, but it's meant to showcase or express the reality of who you are. Now, if you miss it, we need our minds to be changed, and we need to remember that we have been transformed. The Bible says that Jesus has taken us out of the kingdom of darkness and put us into the kingdom of light. He's taken us out of death and brought us into life. He's taken us, uh, taken us out of sickness and disease and brought us into health and wholeness. Out of confusion, into peace. That we are meant to have sound minds. That's the spirit that he's given us. We have a spirit that has a sound mind. We're not meant to be confused because God is not the author or the father of confusion. He is the one who knows the way and he's the one who will lead the way. So as a new creation, man or woman, we need to know whose we are before we can know who we are. Because if we understand who loves us, he's the one who gives us our identity. He is the one who gives us our worth. And then now we can begin to see things from his perspective. See, you and I are meant to see things from a heavenly perspective. We are meant to see things at a higher level. Now, we didn't get to do this for you last week, but we're going to do it now. I want you to take your finger out and put it in front of you, chest level. Chest level. Everyone do it. Come on. It's not going to hurt you, I promise. Now, begin to turn your finger counterclockwise. Turn your finger counterclockwise. Now, I want you to begin to move that finger as you're moving it around above your head. Same direction. But when you look at it now, is it still going counterclockwise? It's not. All of a sudden, it's going clockwise. Bring it down again. Wait a minute. It's counterclockwise. What happened? Change of perspective. Things at a higher perspective or a higher level will go the way they are meant to. If you are looking at things at this level, they're always going backwards. God never wants us to go backwards. He always wants us to go forward. So we need to see things from his perspective. And one of his perspectives is that you are a new creation. And with a new creation, you have new ways of doing things. You have new abilities. You have new strengths. Because now you have everything that Jesus has. Because you have all that Jesus is. He gave himself completely to you. Amen. Like I said earlier, you are something that, never, something that people have never ever seen before. That's what it says in Joel, and we're not going to go there. But it just simply says that you are a, a people that has never been seen and will never be seen again. Why is that? Because Jesus only has one body. And we are found in him. He doesn't have a body, like many, many bodies all around. No, we are part of one body. We are parts of one body, all having our own expressions. 
to showcase who he is. But it will always showcase who he is. You don't look at a hand and a hand does something and you go, oh, what an awesome hand. You always see the person the hand is connected to. A lot of times we need to look at the face or the head. We're not just looking at hands. We need to see who owns the hands. And we are face to face with the reality of who Jesus is. When we understand that, we'll begin to see that things have been made new. Now, it may not feel new, but it has to begin to align with the reality that you have been made right with God. And if you've been made right with God, then things need to line up and be made right with you. Because the reality of who Christ is is far greater than anything you've gone through and anything that anyone says about you. The reality of Christ. The reality of Christ. He has made you brand new. See, all, all the old things, don't long, they don't work anymore in this new creation reality. Your old ways of doing things. You can try and try and try, and you begin to get frustrated. Why? Because there are new ways of doing things. New ways of doing things. Things from a heavenly realm. See, you and I are meant to bring heaven down upon the earth. We are meant to change the atmosphere of wherever we are in. That when we step in, people go, there's something different. When you walked into the room, something changed. We sing about when, when he walks into the room. Well, you know what? It should happen when we walk into a room, people notice a difference because you and I carry Christ. We carry him on the inside. And as we carry him on the inside, we begin to express him outwardly. And people say, wow. Jesus just walked into a room because they see you and me, but we don't showcase ourselves, we showcase him. So this, this new creation is more than somebody that's been just fixed up or patched up or refurbished or, you know, in the world we like restored things and they were the old things, but we just put some new things on them. No, that's not what it's like with us. We're changed completely from our very core. The very essence of who you are is different. You know what? It will, begin to out, it will begin to outwardly manifest. Something's different. If you used to be masungit, you have a smile on your face. If you were easily annoyed, all of a sudden things just begin to slide off you. When you used to curse all the time, every other word was a curse word. All of a sudden you find yourself being able to say a straight sentence without one curse word. Because it feels so unnatural to you. Because our reality is one of heaven. So we begin to speak and declare things because we know that our words have power. So this new creation man or woman is something that is brand new. I love brand new things. I love the smell of something brand new. A, car, a brand new car smells really, really good. And you know, as, a car, as you have a car longer, you just want to continue to maintain that smell. So you buy all sorts of things that will try to make your car smell the way it was in the beginning. You're never going to have that smell unless you have a brand new car. But you and I will always smell brand new. 
that fragrance that we carry is a fragrance that will go on forever because we carry Christ. We diffuse his fragrance to the world. And people like, if, if they see a newness in you, they're like, how, I want that same change. And you can say, this is how it happens. Let me introduce you to the person that can change it all for you. Change it all for you. Now in 1 Corinthians 15, 45 to 49, and it's talking about Adam and Jesus. It says, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Different. Jesus wasn't just alive, he released life. Adam was a, li a living being, but it didn't mean he was alive on the inside. Because now death reigned in his life because of sin. And then it goes on to say, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward the spiritual. What's being said is here, when Pastor Alvin said this last week, when it talks about being born again, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he told Nicodemus that flesh begets flesh. Anything that's born of the spirit is spirit. But someone is born into the world. A baby is born with flesh. Because you and I cannot operate in this realm without flesh. Poke the person beside you to make sure that they're really there. Your bodies give us legal access to be on the earth today. Legal access. But see, God didn't just stop with a body. He needed to change the very nature, the very spirit of man. So the spirit had to be reborn. But there was a body first. We weren't born into the spirit and then the body followed. We were born into this world, but we are not of the world. Because who we really are on the inside is of heaven. It, uh, the person that we are on the inside originates from God, is just like God. Because when God gives of himself, he doesn't give a little bit. He gives all that he is. The fullness of all that he is. He doesn't hold back. He doesn't say, here, just a little bit for you, a little bit for you. He goes, no, here I am, all of me. You see it when Jesus was on the cross. His arms were wide open. He didn't say, here, take this arm, nail it to the cross. No, he gave all of himself. And if he is the express image of the Father, then we know that the Father has given all of himself. He doesn't hold back. So we continue in this. It says, the first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. I love how it, it differentiates these two. It says, the first man, it tells you what the first man was made of. But it tells you who the second man is. There's a difference. What you're made of and who you are, two different things. And that's why we look to who we are in him. We don't look to our past. We don't look to our family backgrounds. Because if you look at those things, those things can fail you. You can look at those things and feel disqualified and unworthy. That's why we look to who he is. The second man is the Lord from heaven. 
As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. We bear the image of Jesus. Just as he is, so are we in this world. Just as he is presently. It's great if we were to be as Jesus was when he walked on the earth. But today you and I know him as he is. Just as he is in his glorified form, it says so are we in this world. We are meant to be dispensers of glory. We are meant to showcase the image, the person of Jesus to the world. Jesus was the perfect representation, not just of God, but the perfect representation of what man was supposed to be like. The perfect representation. You know, you remember how last week Pastor Alvin had mentioned this in Colossians 1, verse 15. It talks about how that, that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. The firstborn of all creation. That word firstborn is the Greek word protococcus, where we get the English word prototype. Jesus was the prototype of all creation. Creation was meant to mirror him exactly. Anywhere you went every, uh, and anything that you saw, you were meant to see Jesus. And Adam was meant to look like him. But Adam fell. He missed the mark because he believed a lie that said, if you eat this fruit, you can be just like God. Why was it a lie? Because Adam and Eve were already like God. They were already like him, and yet they chose to believe this lie. And what happened? When Adam fell, every man and woman born after him was fallen, even before they lived one day out. They were already fallen. The very prototype that Adam was supposed to have been for man was now corrupted. The mold out of which man was supposed to be created by was now corrupted. It was broken. It was lacking. How many have ever seen a mold? A mold of something. I mean, even with cookies, you have cookie molds. But this mold was incomplete. This mold was corrupted. This mold was dirty. This mold was lacking something. If you press the mold down onto the clay or onto the cookie dough, when you looked at it, it didn't look the way it was supposed to look. And down through the ages, the more corrupted it became. You know, when you photocopy something, when you photocopy an original, that first copy will look clear. It will look clear. It will almost look exactly like the original. Almost. But if you look down to its very core, you can see the small little differences. But if you take away the original and you just begin to copy the copy, 
and you keep copying it, and you keep copying it, and you keep copying it, what happens is that the copy becomes unclear. And when something is unclear, confusion comes. So when Adam was broken and that mold had been created, there was confusion now by the time it got to us. Confusion about who we are. If you look in the world, that is the main question people are asking themselves. Who am I? Who am I? You and I are meant to know that we are his. You and I are meant to know, to know that. In Romans 5, verse 12, New Living Translation, it says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world, and Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned, even before you were born. How many years ago was this? And everyone born into this world as a baby is born with death or sickness attached to it. But that was never meant to be God's design. See, death came into the world because sin came into the world. So God's original plan for Adam, I believe, was for Adam to live forever. It took Adam a really, really long time to die. I think he was about 916 or something like that. He was in the 900s. What does that look like to be 900 years old? In the natural, we look at somebody 100, and most of the time, we, you, you expect somebody to be like all shriveled up. But what does 900 look like? It doesn't even say that Adam looked bad. He may have still been very strong. I mean, if Moses could climb a mountain at 120, he must have been pretty strong. He may have looked a little old, but he was still much stronger than some of those young men. Adam was 900, over 900 years old. It took him a while. What does that show me? God's intention was that man was supposed to live forever. But because Adam sinned, all of a sudden death came in. And it wasn't just a corruption of the spirit. It became a corruption of the body. I mean, they were, they were clothed in glory. What happens when you're found in glory? Your countenance changes. You begin to radiate who he is. And sickness and disease has to leave. It has no right to be there. Because it cannot stand face to face with God himself. Message paraphrase says it this way. You know the story of how Adam landed us in this dilemma we're in. First sin, then death. And no one exempt from either sin or death. No one exempt. See, you can only give what you have. You can only multiply yourself. If you're a zero, you will multiply yourself to a zero. No matter how perfect you may think you are, you will always be a zero apart from Christ. Because the reality is you are one with him. And one always trumps zero.
one will always trump that zero. He will always be far greater. So you have Adam, and this mold was broken. But this is how mankind was going to be for the rest of their lives if God didn't step in. If God didn't do something. If God didn't come to break that mold and show creation what they were supposed to really look like. Jesus is the mold for the new man. Jesus is the mold for the new creation. How do I know that? Because Jesus wasn't just the firstborn over all creation. He was the firstborn from the dead. The firstborn from the dead. I don't know about you, but how many people have you seen raised to life? Dead three days, buried in a tomb, but comes back to life better than when he went in. We don't see that every day. I don't think we see it any day. But it should be commonplace that when we walk into a room, the dead have to rise. You know when you have the opportunity to receive Jesus, the dead come to life. Because Jesus didn't come to break the mold so that, so that bad people would be good. He came to change the mold completely and make dead people alive. He came to make dead people alive. In Romans 8, 3 to 4, New Living Translation, it tells us how God did it. It says, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. Giving him legal access on the earth. And in that body, in that body, in that mold, God declared an end to sin's control over us. By giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Jesus did not have the same nature you and I have. What? He had a body. Isn't that what the Bible says? He had a body. He was born with flesh. Unto us, a son is given. Unto us, a child is born. The son was always present. The son who was complete and whole and holy and glorious was inside the body. He showed us what it was like to be able to live just like him. Because the same life that resided on the inside of him when he was man on the earth is the same life that resides on the inside of us as we believe in him. We have been born again of the Spirit of God. You and I have the Spirit of God on the inside. That should excite you. You should begin to look at your challenges and go, are you ready to face me? Who's the greater one? He lives in me. The greater one lives in me. He chose to live in me. Now, this body may be frail and it may seem weak to others. 
But the spirit of God on the inside of you can quicken this mortal body to do what needs to be done in any situation. You may feel that you are limited. Limited in this physical body. You could be going through symptoms in your body. You could have been like that man I read about earlier. The one who was born lame. But what happened? God took the limits off him. That broken mold that Adam, that we were created from, was, was limited. But the one that we are now in Christ is unlimited to every possibility. There is nothing impossible now because God is with us. He's with us. So he has sent his own son in a body like, like the bodies we sinners have. In Colossians 1, 18 to 20, the message paraphrase, it says he was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade, he is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, there, he's there, towering far above everything and everyone. So spacious is he. When we were limited... In Christ, it says, so spacious is he. There is room to now grow to the fullness of who God has made you to be. So roomy and spacious is he that everything of God, everything of God, this new creation man is of God. Everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. See, even as a new creation man, we have a choice to believe what God says or we have a choice to believe what the world says. The limits may have already been taken off you on the inside, but you need to know it. Because if you don't know it, you will find yourselves being molded and conformed to the way the world thinks and the world sees things. They have very limited thinking. They can only believe so far. They haven't tapped the impossible unlimited resources that God has. But you and I have that access. In Christ, we have that access. And so the, in, in Romans 12, verse 2, in the voice translation, says, do not allow this world to mold you into its image. Instead, be transformed from the inside out by renewing your mind. As a result, you will be able to discern what God wills and whatever he finds pleasing Good, pleasing, and complete. Conformed. When it talks about the world conforming us to the way it thinks, the world's way of conforming leads to deformity. Because when you're forced into a mold, you have to be broken to fit into it. And the reason you get broken is because you were never meant to fit in it. And the more we try to fit into the way the world thinks and the way the world sees things, the more broken we will become. But God doesn't want us to be that way. He wants us to be whole. He wants us to be healthy. 
He wants us to be able to walk into his dreams for us. Does that mean there'll be no challenges? No, there will be challenges. But you know you will always have the victory. Because somebody who is broken, the one that's beaten down, is somebody who's defeated, and you and I are not defeated. Because the victor has already won. And that same victor lives on the inside of you and me. So it says, do not be molded or conformed to this world, but be transformed. What does it mean to be transformed? It means to go from being a caterpillar to a butterfly. A caterpillar to a butterfly. Do you know that when a caterpillar goes into its cocoon or its chrysalis, the caterpillar ceases to exist. It dies. And at a cellular level, begins to change and transform. Its very essence is no longer the same. And when it breaks out, when it breaks out of that cocoon, it is no longer the same creature it was when it went in. It now has a new look. It has new abilities. It has new ways. It even has a new attitude. Now, it may find itself maybe going to the garbage heap. But when it realizes, I don't have to be here, he can fly away and go to the flowers. Go right back into the garden that he was meant to be living in. You and I need to take the limits off. Allow the reality of Christ to break the limits off you. You have been given his mind. You can think the way he thinks. He wants to lead you into higher ways of doing things. Into the greatest days of your life before you. We need to take those limits off. It happens in our thinking. We just need to begin to think the way he thinks. And see the way he sees. In Colossians 2, 6-7 in the Amplified. It says, as you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk. Now, this is interesting because it says, as you have therefore received Christ. And then it says, even Jesus the Lord. It kind of differentiates who they are. It's a little, I'm like, hmm. But it says, you have received the anointed one. And the anointed one carries an anointing that removes burdens and destroys yokes upon you. But you didn't just receive the anointed one. You received the lordship, the person of Jesus Christ. It wasn't just an anointing that was released upon you. He gave himself. So therefore, receiving Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk Regulate your lives and conduct yourselves in union with and conformity to him. Oh, but pastor, you said conformity leads to deformity. Conformity to the world. Conformity to Christ causes you to step out in a wide open space full of God's grace and God's glory. Because the fullness of all that he is cannot be contained in one person. That's why all of us together, we get to experience him and share those experiences so that our knowledge of him 
begins to grow. Not just a head knowledge, but an intimate knowing of who he is. That he's so personal to each and every one that if he can do it for Joel, then he can do it for Ellen, and then he can do it for Aileen. The same God that can do it for them can do it for me. Because now that I can see that he's done it in them, I can say, wait a minute, I'm next. When people get their breakthrough, our attitude should be like, I'm next. There should be an excitement that comes, I'm next. Because if they got it, then yes. Now, some of you may have been waiting a really long time. But the attitude still should be, I'm next. It's just around the corner. I can't wait. It's tomorrow. You know what? Forget tomorrow. The day's not even over yet. It could happen, really, at 11.59 p.m. That your breakthrough comes because it's still today. 11.59 and 59 seconds. It is still today. But see, God always lives in the today. Because God's not held by time. And because he's always present in our todays, then we shouldn't have to worry if our blessing didn't, if we didn't receive it yesterday. Because today is the day. Today is the day. That expectation should rise. So we conduct ourselves in union with and conformity to him, having the roots of our being firmly and deeply planted in him. Founded in him. Being continually built up in him. Becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. Our lives are meant to be abundant and overflowing. The further established you are in him, the more you know how fixed and founded you are in him. The more that you are continually being built up in him then it says there's an abundance and an overflow. And with that comes thanksgiving. Because we know we cannot do it in and of ourselves. We focus on the fact that he's done it. I'm almost done. Galatians 2.20, distilled translation. It says, I have considered myself having died. And now I'm enjoying my second existence, which is simply... Jesus using my body. It's so simple. It's not complicated. It's just us coming to the reality that he's on the inside. And it's his life that we're living. We don't know how to live his life. He knows how. So yield and allow him to live it through you. He knows what's best. And every day that you're with him, you find yourself being enlarged. The world doesn't like you to be enlarged. It likes to keep you small. It likes to treat you like you're insignificant. But in God's kingdom, everyone is significant. Everyone. It doesn't matter what you do. And it doesn't matter where you came from. If you are in Christ, we are all on equal footing. 
Because he is the one who will live his life in you and through you. You know, when Peter and John were standing before the Pharisees after the miracle that happened with this man, this is what they said about them. These were unlearned and uneducated men. But the one thing that they realized is that they had been with Jesus. So more than their education or lack of, they realized who they had been with, who they had been walking with, who they, their lives were being like, likened to. The miracles that happened, they didn't do for themselves. It was in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. They always pointed to Jesus. Colossians 2, 9 to 10, message paraphrase says, everything of God, say everything of God. Everything of God gets expressed in him so you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope because he's so far away. You don't need a microscope because you can't see him. Or a horoscope, somebody else to tell you. To realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, that fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. And last, Ephesians 1, 11 to 12, message paraphrase. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eyes on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. It is in Christ the old man has been broken off you. Begin to enjoy living in the new one. Because this is a place that you can discover. It's a place where you can grow. It's a place where you can be enlarged. It's a place that you're allowed to stretch and get ready for more. It's a place where you can be all that he wants you to be all that he's made you to be in him. And the fullness of all that he is is released to you and is released through you. Amen? Amen. Did you receive something today? We're going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes because I want to pray for you. Father, for every person in the cinema, in the fourth floor, and for even those that are listening live via Facebook, I thank you that your presence is present to show us the reality of who you are and who you have made us to be in you. I pray that the limits are taken off your people.
that any shackle that has bound them to where they are is broken off them in Jesus' name. And that they find themselves being able to move and walk and even run into this glorious future that you have for them. That they will not be stopped and they will be unhindered in their walk. And that the reality that they have been made brand new will be in the forefront of their thinking that it was all because of you. So I thank you that they will begin to lead supernatural lives and it will be completely normal from a heavenly perspective. And that they will find themselves manifesting heaven upon the earth for all to see and experience the reality of you. I thank you for these people today. In Jesus' name. Now keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed because I want to give people an opportunity to receive today. For some of you, you have been feeling broken. You feel so limited and you feel so confused. Because apart from Christ, there will not be any clarity. And there will not be any wholeness. But he invites you to step into his arms as he steps into your heart. So if you happen to be here on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And you raising your hand is you simply acknowledging that I need Jesus in my heart. That you want to be made brand new. So one, know that Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. And that he loved you so much that he died for you, gave his life for you, paid the ultimate price for you. But he didn't stay dead. He rose again to life so that you could live this life out with him. Two, he made it simple. We simply call upon his name and salvation comes in. He comes in. The fullness of all that he is comes in for you. And it's not because you were so good. It was because he was. And three, just raise your hands if you want to receive. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hands. I see your hands. Keep them raised. It's all right. There are people in the fourth floor I know as well. There may be some of you that are listening and you're like, that's me. Now put your hands down and we're going to pray together. Congregation, pray this along with me as we help these people step into this new family. Jesus, as I call upon your name, I believe with all my heart who you are and what you've done for me. Today is the day of my salvation, my deliverance, my preservation, my wholeness, my healing, my restoration, because you are now with me and in me forever. I am yours and you are mine. In your name I pray. Amen. 
and amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com.